something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Life Will Be the Death of Me, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to uh, our podcast this week, Brandon. Hello. Hello. Uh, so this week's episode is of our shows in Chicago. I had two shows in Chicago with Sean Hayes. So we split it, I think, into two episodes, right? Yep, this week and next week. Okay, so this week's episode, uh, I do a reading, which we'll play for you next week, of one of my chapters. And Sean comes out and immediately starts attacking me for that. So you can listen to that right now. I'm going to bring out a very special guest, a native of Chicago. He's been on the show, Will and Grace, for 67 years. And his name is Sean Hayes. Come on out. When Oprah would come out, she'd go, take a seat, take a seat. <laughs> like, that is so condescending, wasn't it, to her audience? <laughs> take a seat, take a seat. Oh. But, Charles, you only, literally only have 10 pages left in the book. Nobody has to buy it. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Sean and I, I want to first, before you start with whatever questions you haven't prepared, I want to talk about... <laughs> Believe me, I just learned how to read. <laughs> I did an episode of Will and Grace with Sean. Um, where, take a seat, take a seat. Where I played a lesbian power couple with my best friend, Mary. Yeah. Typecasting. I, um, I would be a great lesbian. What do you mean, would? I would. I can't, but I would. <laughs> if I were to do that, I would kill it. I'm sure you would. I've done it much. until it was my turn, and then I quit. <laughs> No thanks. That's hilarious. Not into going down on your beaver. Yeah. Not into it. And that is why I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we met on Will and Grace. And listen, I've well, never... Well, we met before that. Well, we yes. met before that, but, but, I don't rem- but I don't remember that. No, uh, we met on a game show, right? Didn't we do some charity game yes, show? Yes, and before that, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite an impression. I remember saying... I remember saying something to you the first time I met you, and I was like, oh, hey, something about being gay. And you're like, I'm not gay. And I was like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> when did I say that? Or you said I'm not out. You were being funny, but I didn't know that. Oh. And I was like, you're not, you go, I'm not out. I go, yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, that was probably like, I was 25, 26 or something. Were you not out when you yes, were 25? Yes, I was totally out, but I was not out. It's just a different interview. It's a very boring story. All right, well. I mean, I'm if out, you proud, mit- happy, If you want to minimize stuff. your gayness, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> Well, one of us has to. <laughs> so, Sean, 
I met him on the on Will and Grace, which is a like a it's well, a television show. It's a television yeah. show. A lot of you won't know about it, but <laughs> it was here for a while, then it went away, and then it came back. Yeah. And it's still here. Yeah. And thank you. And I had Fixing. a. <laughs> no, so, but you were so, <laughs> so stupid. It's so dumb. Wait, you were so good on the show, and she didn't want me to come out and say how great you are, but you were oh. so fucking great. And you were really scared, and you were nervous. I was and nervous like, oh as God. fuck. And I don't yeah. get nervous, I mean, I do, but I, I like to make up my own words, not a script. So when right. I got the script, I'm like, oh, this is a Which guideline. Which the writers love. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a guideline. I'll paraphrase this. Yeah. And they're like, no, you need to say the line. I'm like, I don't know it. And they're like, fucking learn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, and I was like, oh, oh. I hadn't been talked to like that in a long time. So I was like, oh, and then I'm in my room, like memorizing my lines. It was simple lines like no, and I'd be in the mirror going, no. <laughs> and Mary's like, no, not like that. I'd be like, no. But you've acted a billion times before that. I don't know. It was just too much of a well-oiled machine. You guys were so in gear, and I was out of my element, and Mary is a professional. Yeah. I like to wing shit, and that usually works for me. Yeah. I like improv and like, you know, and that was not the right space for me because everyone is so tight and, and, and they know what they're doing that yeah, yeah. I stuck out like a sore thumb and I hope I never see any of those people again. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope you come back on. We don't. No, we're, we're good. We're good. We got it. I said to him, I go, how badly am I embarrassed? And once we did the taping, I was fine by the end of the week because I had to be. Um, but the rehearsals all week long were just getting at my self-esteem. I was like, oh, you suck. You can't even fucking And meanwhile, act. you were getting huge laughs. The audience Just loved you. Just shut up. You. you know you were talking shit about me, too. I you know are, I'm not hysterical hilarious. right you now. You hilarious. Well, it was a fun show. You're hilarious, but well, whatever. Let's you. stop rubbing each other's assholes so down. I brought my phone out here just in case I get a phone call. <laughs> um, so, the... Um, Can I have my I'll, phone, too, then? <laughs> I want to, I also told Karen, Karen Hurt, assistant Karen. Karen's the tour manager. Well, she looks like an assistant. She, I, I, meant, I meant that, I meant the pay grade is higher. She looks like an assistant, is what I meant to say. Um, but, um, right, Karen? Just yeah. keep talking, do it. Wave to her now, yes. Do another one of these. I said, you gotta read this book. We're gonna do this in Chicago. He's nice enough to say he's gonna come. We have two shows. He's nice enough to say yes. No, no, that's not how this went oh. down. You said to me, I have an Marco Polo. Should I play it? No. Oh, wait, it takes no. too long. To no, no, but don't you get said, your phone out. So um, Chelsea says to me, um, hey, this, because this is how she asks somebody to do something. Hey, I'm going to Chicago to do a thing. You're cool with going, right? <laughs> You're cool to, to come because I just I need you to come and, and do this. And, and I and I and so she, so I go, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I flying. I have to go to New York. I have to do this. And really, I fly Chicago like the line. I don't love to travel, but all my friends who are here tonight, uh, both of you clap. Yeah, <laughs> there they um, are. There they are. <laughs> They're actually the ushers here. Um, but anyway, so, um, <laughs> It'd be great if your two friends from high school were both ushers here. They're like, I keep in touch with two people and they both happen to work at the same theater. It's right. so weird. But anyway, she's like, you're going. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Are you paying for the trip? She said, yes. I go, fine, I'm totally going. And then she said, um, but you have to read the book. And I'm like, I can't I have read. To read. He goes, book. I can't read. I can't read. I have to read your book. And let me tell you something. It is probably the best book I've ever read out of the three. <laughs> I mean, there's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> the Given Tree. And, and what is it called? Life Will Be the Death of Me. <laughs> and let me tell you, <laughs> it is... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not... I'm being totally serious. It is, <laughs> did I not fucking... Did I not Marco Polo after every chapter? And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're the exact same person. This is, there's so many similarities. What, did you, of our what was the first friends. thing that you read in there that you thought were the same person? Uh, well, I saw the word vodka in there. <laughs> Wait, I want to say something. I want to get back to that, but I have to tell this funny Will and Grace story really quick. Great. 
No, I want you to. Okay, because it makes me laugh. Do it. I think it'll make you laugh because she does edibles and I used to smoke pot a lot. And, um, and so... I'm going to get you back on the pot. Okay. I'm going to get everybody yeah, here on the pot. Yeah, she's like pushing pot on me. I can't... It's a game changer. It makes me crazy. It makes me crazy now. Um, so anyway, after we tape uh, uh, an episode, this is like in 1953 when we first did the show, I would go back to Max Muchnick's house, who was the creator of the show, and we would, I think he's okay with me saying, we'd smoke a little bit and we'd discuss the evening, like the taping of the show we just taped, and it was fun, and we'd laugh, and he just moved in this brand new house, and it was unbelievable, it was like super high tech, and uh, I was stoned out of my mind, and I'm sitting in the back of his like crazy Hollywood theater in his house, you know how the people have those huge theaters, and it was all brand new equipment, and he's like, let's, oh, and he goes, you remember that scene in Castaway where um, the plane's going down and Tom Hanks is in the bathroom and he gets whipped out and it's crazy and they're going down. I'm like, yeah, he goes, let's put that in. Let's just fast forward to that scene. It's incredible, right? And I'm like, yes, let's watch that. And so he goes to his big, huge fucking, you know, TV screen and he has the Castaway thing and he can't figure out how to do it because it's a brand new house, it's brand new equipment. And I'm way in the back of the theater like this, stoned out of my mind and I go, is that a Sony? And he goes, yeah, how did you? I go, those are the new ones, they're voice activated. And he's like, what? And I go, is that a Sony? He goes, yeah, I go, those are the new ones. I read all about them, they're voice activated. You'd have to say the name of the movie after you put the DVD in. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I go, listen to me, I just read all about them, you have to say the name. And then he's like this, really? I go, yes! So he puts the DV in and he goes, cast away. Cast away. Like that. And I couldn't even breathe, I was laughing so hard. Okay, so let's get back That's to the book. So um, tell me, I'm just going to ask you a question, okay? Okay. Gonna, were they? Uh, yeah. Well, you said the first thing. Well, that that I realized we we were the same. You know, that we both have. There's five children in our family. Yeah, big families, yeah, right? You're, you're the, the youngest. youngest. You need attention. I need attention. You felt like and like an outsider your whole life as a kid. You write about that in the book. Mm -hmm. That and what made you feel that way as a kid? What what were the circumstances that made you feel, even though you were in a household with two parents and you talk about them a lot, saying how they weren't really present or with you, yet you felt. But see, I I didn't have a dad and my mom worked all the time. So my and my mom raised five kids by herself. And was your mom present when she was with you guys? Yeah. She, well, to 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 me, she was. She was the best mom ever. She was very loving and supportive and everything until I came out. No, and then she was great. She did like a 180. Uh, but uh, I was like, great, now I don't have a mom or a dad. And then I would just cry and leave. Them. But um, so, but you, no, so tell me what made you feel that way because I don't know that I would have felt that way even with two parents, but you had the parents and yet you still felt the same as me. I felt like an outsider because my family was just not traditional and my dad was just a mess. He was a used car dealer, so there was just shit at my, like our family, like it looked like Sanford and Son, our house, and we lived in this kind of like upper middle class Jewish neighborhood, so everybody else's parents were like normal, and they and had your, two. Your mom was Jewish and your dad Well, wasn't? my mom was Mormon, who I thought she was Jewish until I was 10, and then I, it was revealed to me that she was Mormon. I'm like, oh, this is great news. <laughs> I was like, what's Mormon? And then they told me, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> And I was like, I'll take the dreidel, thank you very much, you know? Yeah. It's like Mormon it's like, Scientology. It's like yeah. so close. Uh, I felt like, yeah, definitely adjacent. Uh, I just felt like, I think everyone feels out of place. I mean, I think most people feel like they don't belong. Like, you fit in sometimes in your life, and other times you feel like an outsider, like a faker, like you're not real, like people like you for the wrong reasons, or they, they don't get you. You yeah. know, you're always kind of dipping in and out of your, the, the right zone in life. You right. know what I mean? Your right, train's right. on the track sometimes and everything's vibing and then sometimes it's off. And in my family, 
it was off when I was born. Like I slept with my brother. My mom let me sleep on when I was a two-day-old baby. And she's like, oh, she always would tell the story how my oldest brother, Chet, how he slept with me on the first night I was home from the hospital. Yeah. And I was like, but why? Why did you let a 12-year-old sleep with me? And she's like, that's not the point of the story, sweetie. I'm like, I think it's the biggest point of the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Dan, your therapist said that was the first guy to break up with you. Yeah. At nine years old. And then you associated uh, relationships with men being broken up with. I right? associated all relationships. I, I said to Dan once, I said, why do I end relationships on a dime? I have a pattern where I, people do some one thing and I'm like, you're out, get out of my life. I can't trust you. You're a liar. You're you know, a cheater, whatever. And not just with men, with girlfriends, with anyone. It was black and white. And I asked him, I go, I, there's a common denominator here and I'm pretty sure it's me. Like, I have a ton of friends all the time, but not a ton of old friends, right. you know? I have some, but a lot of people go in and out of my life and I'm done with them, or I'm annoyed, or I lose interest, or whatever, but I, like, it's scorched earth. And he said, because that's your f first blueprint for breaking up with somebody. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Right, and then your dad passed away, and you're like, there's another guy who betrayed me. Well, he just passed away last year, but we were waiting that for that for a while. <laughs> No, that was all right, because he was too old. And when I started, when I was writing this book, I said to my therapist, I'm like, my brother, I'm like, everyone's, I'm like, no, we, my, we, my we, brother died, my mother died, my dad's hopefully going to die this year. Yeah. I'm like, it's too much death. We had, we had dinner in October or November, like literally a week or two weeks right after your dad died. And she's like, I don't know, do you guys you know what the special is? Oh, Sean, by the way, my dad died. Um, I'll have the broccoli soup and like, and I was like, wait, I would what, never order broccoli died? soup. I mean, what do I want to explode? Whatever. No, thank you. First of all, whoever, who made up broccoli soup, take it back. It's like the McRib. Like, no, thank you. I'll take two McRibs in my broccoli what about soup. When... <laughs> That's everything I'm for. What is the food we ordered between? We you... ordered portillos. She's never had portillos. See, you idiot. Ooh, this is good. I've always wondered this, too. Have you ever had difficulty separating your public from your private self in no. your friendships? Uh, friendships? What do you mean? I'm gonna read it again. <laughs> Have you ever had difficulty separating your public from your private self in your friendships? Uh, Moving on. I think those two things are really intertwined for me. I mean, my public persona is my real persona. Like, that's who I am. I don't put on a show. That's why I'm, you know... Right. I don't. I try not to. I try not to lie about anything. I mean, that's more advantageous for me because I don't want to get caught in a lie, you know? I don't want the press to come out and be like, oh, Chelsea was shit-faced. I'm like, I'm shit-faced. I want to tell everyone I'm shit-faced. Right, right, right. So don't try and catch me, okay? <laughs> Gotta get ahead of it. No secrets. I remember, you know what? I remember seeing you on, like, uh, TMZ and, like, E! and stuff like that where you would be out just like fucking telling it like it is. And like, how are you different now than you were then? Well, what I, you know, again, learning all this stuff through this therapist was about, uh, you know, my big loud personality and this brashness that I had, you know. Because a lot of people say they've had awakenings and they don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I love that in the, in the thing. You're like, uh, page 172, I memorized the page number. Wow. Because it was so. National, it's National Autism Awareness Month. So good for you. <laughs> Yeah, me and, uh, me and Mary Lou Henner are having a drink after this. Isn't she the one who knows like dates and times and all that? What were you oh, doing? Oh yeah, yeah, right? she's like an astrologist or something, right? <laughs> no, 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 she's not, no, no. Mary Lou Henner's an astrologist, you know she is. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, 
a military-trained seduction spy, reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you say, the question is, why am I so impatient as an adult? Chelsea Handler says to her therapist. Uh, okay, Dan says, give me an example of something. It's only one page. Give me, it's not 87 pages. Just like fucking the read it then. Okay, give me an example of something that happens frequently, he asks you. You said, when I can't turn on the TV in my house or I can't get the music on, that's something that happens all the time, and then I have to call one of my assistants, right? And then uh, what does it feel like, he says, when you can't work your music, Right. Because I get annoyed and ir- yeah, irritated yeah. and impatient with technology. I think a lot technology. of people feel that way about right. technology. So you say, it made me feel annoyed. And he says, what's underneath that? You said, more annoyance. He says, but what's the emotion under it? And you said, I don't know, anger? And he says, what does that feel like? And you said, can't you just tell me? <laughs> and then, <laughs> You see, I read that right. And then he said, uh, keep going. Are there any images that elicit the feeling? And she's like, I don't know, musical notes? And he says, is there a feeling? And you said, frustration. And he said, because why? And you said, because my intention was to listen to music, and now I can't. And he says, anything else? And you're like, stupid? Uh, uh, useless? He says, helpless? And you said, yes. And he says, what does that feel like? And you said, sad? And he said, sit with that. And you said, helpless and sad. I agree. But then where does that anger come in? Fucking genius. He says, sad is your internal reaction which turns to anger because anger sets you in kinetic motion, like we were talking about, to avoid the sadness of sitting there and not listening to music and knowing your plans have been thwarted. Your anger is your way to avoid sadness. I love that. I need to go to therapy. (laughs) Because, and then the whole lesson from that in the book, which I read... um, you're a beautiful reader, by the way. That was be- you're a reader. Yeah, well. Look at you. <laughs> I learned. I learned backstage. The um, no. What's cool about that is you said after that, and then he introduces the IAM. Uh, identification, awareness, modification. So, like, I have a real problem with patience. I know you do too. And he wanted me to give examples. That was one example. Another example of my impatience is like if I go to an airport. You know, those stores, the bookstores that have the magazines and candy. The slowness of that transaction. Yes. 
<laughs> By the way, I just said, Scotty, I just told Scotty the story in the airport on the way here. I'm like, the people are never there. And then tell them, like, what, tell them what you do. I usually I just grab whatever book I'm looking for and I just get, take 20 or 30 bucks and throw it in front of the security camera and just wave it around and go, I'm going to be in the airport if this isn't enough money. <laughs> and then I put Slap. it on the counter and I walk out because I cannot <laughs> deal with the, the slowness and it's, waiting in line. It's so true. Like these people at the yeah. airports. And I was telling Dan, like, he was going to be with me, like, commiserating. Like, yeah, I don't, I get it. And he was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I just can't deal with it. It's too slow. I just want the book and I want to go. And he's like, yeah, everybody wants what they want and they want to go. And I'm like, oh, is that, is that privilege? Is that being white? He's like, no, white people aren't doing that either. <laughs> I was like, good to know. And then it's like, you know, like in a hotel, but, but impatience about things that are so, it's so unempathetic to be like that. Like to not, you know, who knows what these people are, are dealing with or why they're slow or why they're, you know, why, why they're in the back for a half hour while you're waiting to buy a magazine. <gasps> I was in DC uh, a few weekends ago on this tour and the fire alarm, I'm so, I was in my room, I'd taken it out of, I was just like, just really jamming out by myself reading my Instagram DMs, people's responses. I was trying to respond, but I was very stoned. And, and I had the steamer going and just forgot about it. Sounds, and like, sounds like a party. <laughs> it was an after party Guys, with, you come with over? one person. Want to come over? I got my steamer on. <laughs> like, I'm going to turn my steamer on and get loose. <laughs> the steamer's for the broccoli soup. Yeah. So I went... And I heard the alarm go off. I was like, oh. And I texted Karen, because we were in the same hotel, obviously. And I texted her. And I was like, if there's a fire job, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I just thought of a jingle really fast. The Regina steamer carpet cleaner. <laughs> so stupid. And so I realized after like 10 more minutes that the, she's like, I don't hear an alarm. I'm like, oh, well, there's one going off. Hopefully they'll fix it. And then I realized it's in my room going off. And I'm like, oh, shh. Fuck. I'm like, you are dumb. And then I looked at the alarm and I'm like, I've learned patience. I've learned to take a breath. I've learned to not react, to take yes. a minute. That was something yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't know you could do. Yeah. I heard about it, but I heard about people saying, write an email back. Don't send it until the next day. And I'm like, all right. You know, like, that's fun for you. Yeah. I've never done that. I'm reactive. I'm like, you, fuck you. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't let other like, problems settle or the idea that, you know, write a letter but, to yourself and in the morning you might not even want to send it. I'm like, that's never going to happen. But do you do that now? Because I do, I do that. I did it. I, actually, I'm, a, I'm a, somewhere in between your extremeness and, and doing that. I do that. Like if I have to write a really angry, or if I feel angry somebody, I always write the email out first and I don't send yeah, it. Yeah, that's what you should do. And usually, I, I had never tried it. So what I learned was that usually the next day, you really don't want to send it. You don't, you don't care half the time anymore right. the next day. But to the fire alarm, I went and I was like, here's an opportunity to not be a baby. Like usually if a fire alarm ever went off at a hotel, I would just walk out the door and check into another hotel. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal yeah. with a line of people out. I just feel like, fuck, I wouldn't even leave my clothes and just be like, let's get new stuff. I don't, <laughs> I mean, I've been on vacation and seen my suitcase ready to pack and I'd be like, let's just leave it. I can't deal. <laughs> Like, let me just get, get new, new things. Like, I get that. Do you ever travel? Those. Do you ever travel overseas and send your luggage before you? Yeah, always, yeah. always. FedEx until they gave money to Trump, and then I stopped using that. And then I started using UPS, and they don't get shit anywhere on time, so now I use FedEx again. <laughs> that was well, a big commitment. If, you, if you've seen Castaway, sometimes FedEx doesn't get there. So. Um, so anyway, it was a moment. I was like, oh. The fire alarm's going off. Like, you're capable of doing this. You've dealt with this before. At some point, before you had domestic amnesia, <laughs> you were able to do simple tasks like this. So I got a chair out, and I went up, and I undid it. I took the battery out, and I looked at the battery, and the alarm went off, and I was like, oh, look right. at you, girl. And then I looked at the battery. I looked at the minus and the positive. I was like, how do you know this? Like, it was one of those moments where I was like, see, you know how to do shit. You're just a baby. And you've had so many people working for you for so long yeah. that I lost touch with, like, That's reality. Right. And I was spoiled. And I was so icked out by myself, you know? It came to a crescendo where I was so spoiled and I was saying yes to things because of paychecks rather than being thoughtful about what I wanted to put out into the world. Yep. 
And you know how that goes. You get successful and people are like into you and love you and you're like, oh yeah, 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 I want more, I want more. And I sat in that hotel room and I'm like, this is everything you've been working on. Just be a regular person, be down to earth and like, don't be, you know, a baby. And so I got up, I put this thing back on and I got off the chair and I was about to text my sister, like I just turned off a fire alarm. And I was like, don't send that text, you asshole. Just keep it here. Not everything is for everybody all the time. You're not a performance. Just be with yourself. That's really, you know? really great, yeah. Are you crying? Inside, I am. Um, and I heard every other word you just said. I'm kidding, that was really great. Um, my, it was great. My friend Maria Shriver, and I've told you this before, she- How did you become friends with Maria Shriver? Uh, no, she's fantastic, as you know. You met yeah, her. Yeah, I right? love Maria Shriver. She's, she's a real mama bear. She's the best and super smart. And she always says, to your point, for the last 20 minutes, she said, <laughs> she, she said um, you know, a lot of people tweet and Instagram and, and voice their own opinion, their angry, angry opinions on Facebook or whatever it is, and they go crazy and they, they yell and scream. And she always says, I totally agree with you. What are you doing about it? And it shuts people down because people use their voices all the time and they should and we should. We should speak our minds and everything. But there's not enough people putting that into action, right? So if I feel, right, if I feel, if, if, if I feel so, so fucking pissed about a certain, you know, issue. issue that Trump is not supporting or supporting in a wrong way or whatever, you know, and I feel that strongly about it. I could bitch about it, but there's plenty of people bitching about everything. So what are we doing about it, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, we can vote, but beyond voting, there has to be things we can do in little chunks that will add up. And I think people are, people are. Yeah, I think people are really actually realizing that they have to do something because otherwise, you know, everything's at risk. I mean, if you have a daughter or you, I mean, whatever, whatever reasons. I think people have been galvanized in a way that is really inspiring. I mean, I've become friends with people I would never talk to before the election because we're like a coalition, you know? I've met women and, and it made me open my eyes and realize how privileged my whole life has been, you know? I don't know what it's like to be a person of color. I have no idea what that's like. And how often was I thinking about what it's like to be a person of color? Not often enough. How often was I thinking about what it's like to be a gay person and to be scared of violence, to be scared and get pulled over by a police officer and be a, have it be a life or death situation? We need to always be fucking thinking about that and we need to be mobilized in helping communities that need us. Right. You know, and not, not because white people are gonna fix the problem, but I don't think it's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that people who have platforms I feel a sense of responsibility to look outside of my own asshole and look around at other people's stories and say, how can I be a better advocate? How can I know more? How can I be a good ally? Because I'm not fighting for my rights. I want to vote for other people's rights. I got enough, you know, in this life. It's right. full. Right, 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 right. That's so great. I have, um, here's a funny story. Mm. So, um... We'll see about that. <laughs> so you mentioned an alarm a while ago. An alarm? Oh, yeah, yes, a fire, alarm. fire right, alarm. Right, right. Good, good, good recall, Sean. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, uh, Scotty and I, this is a funny story, just because we're going to balance this conversation. Yeah, sure, balance it. Yeah, I know you don't like to get too serious. We I've can. seen it. No, 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 go, let's... go. Yuck it up. <laughs> no, let's move on. Let's no, go no, on no, 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 no. Don't be that like funny. that. No, it's not that Tell funny. the story now. Oh, God. So, we, so, Scotty and I, I don't know if you even know that that's that funny, but... Um, oh. So, Scotty and my husband, uh, we were watching the movie Gone Girl. Gone Girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone Girl uh, with Ben Affleck and some woman. Rosamund Pike. Is that really who it is? Yeah, that's her name. Oh, okay. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you think I can make up a name like that? <laughs> Rosamund Pike? I mean, I can't believe I even remembered it. I know that she really stuck with you. I'm obviously a huge fan. <laughs> so we're watching the movie, and it's like, I don't know, 11 30, 12 o'clock at night. It's not that scary of a movie, but it's kind of like a thriller. Did you, saw, did you anybody see it? All right. Yeah, everyone, and, uh, that was a great movie. Yeah. And so uh, we're watching it, and all of a sudden, 
our fire alarm goes off for some reason because the fucking battery, right? Because when the battery goes, it goes. Are you beep, serious beep, beep, right beep, now? Beep, beep, Are you gonna beep. kill my still steal my story right now? No, but wait, I'm if gonna build me. on it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Be, I'm actually gonna make it interesting. Ah, <laughs> uh, should I text my sister that I changed the battery? No. Period. <laughs> Jesus. God. Thank God for your angst against Trump. So uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get it in between shows. Yeah, that hot dog is coming your way. <laughs> coming in hot. Gladly. <laughs> so uh, anyway. <laughs> What's that expression? <laughs> no, that's what? A hot dog in a hallway? What is that? You know what I mean? Talk about loose girl. A oh, loose girl. Oh, I thought it was about loose guys. Or, or that. Yeah. It's like a hot dog, throwing a hot dog down a hallway. Um, what a gross visual. I, <laughs> anyway, so. So, yeah, if so I. So, we're on. watching Gone Girl. And, um, and <laughs> the fire alarm goes off, right? And it triggers, the sound triggers our house alarm which, cover your ears, is like, boo, 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 boo. I mean, it's, it's like unnerving, right? It's, through, it's in the backyard. It fucking goes off in the backyard. And the neighbors, right, it's so loud. And so we're like, wait, what the fuck? We didn't hear the fire alarm. And we're watching Gong, Gong Girl. So we're like kind of freaked out already. And so the alarm's going off because we didn't hear the, and we're like, what the fuck? So we go and put, punch the code, right? which is, I won't tell you what it is. And uh, <laughs> so we punch the code and it goes off. We're like, Jesus, God, that gave me a heart attack. And then, then the fire alarm, boom! And then the fucking uh, house alarm goes off. We're like, what the fuck? And this goes on for a half an hour, right? <laughs> so I turn that off and we're like, what's going on? And we call the thing, the fire alarm company, the, every, the, the house alarm company, what's going on? So we don't know, so, oh my God. So then we didn't know it was the fire alarm setting off the house alarm, right? Okay, right? got it. Because, yeah, you, you don't have a code for your fire alarm. No, That's you just not... have a battery like an idiot would have known. So, uh, when I kind of buried the lead. But anyway, so I go in the crawl space of the attic, Mr. Mechanic, and uh, Mike and the Mechanics, and, um, and I, I fucking cut the cord to the house alarm. <laughs> because I don't know how to fucking fix it. And then... And then I go, I take, I uns we unscrew these grates, like these huge grates in the hallways, that hallway and that hallway, because I live in a mansion. <laughs> and I cut that fucking alarm thing, <laughs> I'm cutting, cutting wires all over, and every time I'm like, am I gonna get fucking killed? Like, you know, like a, like diehard, like cut the wire, <laughs> not the red one, the green one. And so, <laughs> and then finally, no more house alarm, right? And uh, then we hear, <laughs> like, the so chirp. quiet. It's a, like, chirp. It's, it's a chirp. It's a chirp. It's a chirp. And oh, I'm like, so annoying, that are you sound. fucking kidding me? For an hour. And the neighbor's lights went on, and they're like, what? And uh, uh, all we had to do was change the battery. A <laughs> little I'm... longer than yours, but a little funnier. <laughs> I once had my pool overflowing at my house and left my house and checked into a hotel. That's... I was rising, I was like, Brandon, I don't like the looks of this, I'm taking off. I like the idea of cutting wires though. You know, sometimes when those things are, burp are chirping, it's, it's because the battery's low, and so you right, think there's the a fire. Yeah. That, oh, oh. That's the point of the story. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sitting over here in deep pain. No, that's okay. The shoes look great with the t-shirt. So, uh... Go ahead, I look like a lesbian, just say no, it. No, I won't say it. I won't, no, when you go low, I go high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well this sounds like a good time to take a break. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so wait, these are really good questions. <laughs> Who wrote these? Um, I wanted to ask you something else about... Being horny? Yeah. I haven't had sex in a really long time. That's about... A long time. Like, uh, I had sex with a ski guide that I was skiing with... A year ago, and I, he got fired from his job for having sex with me as like a ski, yeah, yeah, he was a ski guide. I was skiing with him. Well, he was skiing with my nephews all week, and then at like midweek, I was like, who's that guy? Bring him over here. And we skied together, and I hooked up with him, and then he got in trouble for having sex with a client, I guess. <laughs> That's what they call you, and, a client. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, Guys, the, I the got story, a client. The story, I'm, I can't. I got a client. The story's not over because, it, yes, the client... No, I, you're like a snow bunny. You're like a thumper. Uh, <laughs> a little bunny rabbit. Uh. I felt really badly for getting him fired because, you know, I, I didn't, you know, make him have sex with me, but I felt bad anyway. And so I gave him... Um, I gave him some money... because I felt bad about his firing. And when I told- you pay, Oh, that's right, you paid him to just because you say, felt bad about him yeah, being fired. Like, and he thought- Because oh, you felt like you caused the firing. Yes, I felt like, I've done this before where I've had sex with people I shouldn't have and then they get fired and then I have to give them a severance package. <laughs> so funny. And- That's so funny. So I gave this guy like- <laughs> So funny. I gave him $20,000. No, you did not. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I'll yeah. fuck you for that. <laughs> Hot dog down a hallway, baby. 
I wouldn't fuck somebody for 20 grand. Really? No, you How obviously... How much? How much? I don't know. How I mean, much? Everybody I has a price. Think, say it. I don't know. I don't Wait, think I could... Somebody said, I'll give you... Somebody said, I'll need, give you a million dollars. I don't need a million dollars to fuck somebody. If somebody, somebody said, I'll give you 10 million dollars. No, I'm not going to fuck some... Well, maybe 10 million, yeah. <laughs> I would give it away to charity. Everybody's that would be an impetus. I would say, have I'm doing seen, this for the country. Have you ever seen... <laughs> Have you ever seen baitbus.com? Anybody clap if you've seen baitbus.com? The gays, the gays, no. What is it? Baitbus, baitbus.com, right, Scotty? Yeah, Scotty's like, what? I like how wherever you look, there's Scotty. I know. Sometimes he's over there, it's like, where's Waldo? He just appears. This actually is a wheelchair and he's gonna wheelchair (laughs) me out here, out here. No, um, baitbus is like, it's gay guys who, it's, it's, it's a whole thing where Straight guys get lured into a bus. There's a girl there with titties, and he's like, yeah. And she's like, can I blindfold you? And she's like, yeah. And then a guy blows him, and they take the fucking thing off. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, see, it doesn't matter. Any Uh. mouth to mouth. (laughs) Baitbus.com. By the way, it's so old, I don't even know if it's up anymore. What a beautiful nighttime story. (laughs) Everyone can go home and tell that to your loved ones or your children tonight. (laughs) Don't get on the bus because you know what happens. (laughs) That's right. How much time? Oh, we have to wrap it up. (laughs) We have to say goodbye soon. What would you like your parting words of wisdom to be? I'm going to tell you right now. Before you fuck me with that hot dog. (laughs) I'm going to tell you and everybody here that, and you've probably been told this before, that, (laughs) well, I'm not going to back, I'm going to back into it. No, it's not. I'm going to back into that. I think for people who don't know Chelsea, and I'm assuming a lot of you don't know her personally, that her deepest, darkest secret is she is the kindest, sweetest, most gentle, loving selfless giving person ever and you need to accept that sit with that i'm gonna accept that i appreciate you saying something nice for once thank you and and this book truly out of the three i've read (laughs) no this book is really really truly the best book i've ever read it is it is so uh fraught with lessons and um enlightenment and things that you can take away and apply to your life and grow and learn, and not a lot of books do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I want to just read something from my book. This is a little serious, so you can close your ears. Um, I, we're selling bracelets, these ones that I'm wearing that say I Decide on them, and T-shirts that say I Decide that go to the LGBTQIA community. Is it IA or AI community? It should all be just Q, but I'm not in charge of that. Okay. <laughs> it's going to youth of the LGBTQIA Too community. Many letters. Yeah, don't well, you agree? I know I'm not the one who's gay, so no. I don't know who's coming up with the letters. No, I don't know. I, They're adding letters all the time. I'm just trying all, to show respect. All of those people should just be Q. It should just be Q. Queer. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe they will. I mean, eventually they're going to have to narrow it down to one letter. And by the way, let's your things fucking say Q on them. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> Let me decide which one to read. I'd like to go out with something meaningful from this stupid, stupid conversation. <laughs> Hold on. Let me find something. I'll read this. I'll read this last part of the book. Oh, this is so good. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Your voice has meaning. Find something that you care about that has nothing to do with you and learn about it. Pay attention when you're tired. Take care of yourself. Read more. Watch less TV. Find new people to teach you their life lessons. Be proactive. Know that you have something of value that is unlike what anyone else has. The world is only getting browner and gayer, and if you don't hop on board, you're gonna miss the fucking bus. The bait bus. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming out, Chicago. Thank you, thank you. 
Come on, honey, this way. Come on. Okay, well, that's our first episode with Sean Hayes. We will be back next week with a second episode uh, with Sean. And I am coming to perform in Atlanta this weekend at the Tabernacle Theater. I'm coming to Westbury, Long Island, Montclair, New Jersey. And I'm coming to a whole bunch of new places and additional dates have been added. So you can go to LiveNation.com or ChelseaHandler.com. And the book is called... Life Will Be the Death of Me. And you too. And that's Brandon. He is my consigliere. Good night. Life Will Be the Death of Me is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.